Hi, this is Peter from Grace Life Business Leaders, a ministry that exists to help you reach and influence your world through business. I trust that this content will be a blessing to you. So, we're going forward. Just the program for tonight. Wanted to share that with you as well. So, what are we going to be talking about? So, um, we are going to look at increasing your cash flow. So, we wanted you to, to be your best in business. We want to help encourage you. And uh, I said this afternoon in a meeting that I attended, I just don't like the words, this current economic climate. Um, even though that is something that we need to be cognizant of, we don't live in a climate. Uh, if you're a Christian, you live in the kingdom. And uh, we need to obviously navigate through this. But um, yeah, we'll speak a bit about cash flow. Then I uh, recently read a, a very short uh, and sweet book called The Fire Starter Effect, Making Jesus Christ Known in the Marketplace. So I want to just give you some highlights um, from what I've learned uh, in that book. Uh, we also have uh, two books that we're going to give away. Um, so you're going to have to wait till the end. We've got Atomic Habits, which I know a lot of people has got great things to say about, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Uh, so we're going to um, tell you later how you can enter into the, the draw. And then also, this is an interesting one, zero to one, the notes on startups or how to build the future. Um, and I just read, I haven't read this book, but I read the back and I read the introduction. And it's really very interesting. Um, just saying we can't just keep on doing what other people are doing. We need to do new things. And um, as, uh, as, as Christians, we obviously have the opportunity to do new things, to create new things, and to, to build uh, what God has uh, for us. So that's what we're going to be about. And then we've got um, Baron with us also tonight. And uh, we're going to have a conversation with Baron Haystack uh, from the Stellenbosch community um, just about how he's... Uh, living out his, his Christianity in, uh, in the kingdom and uh, or living out the kingdom in his, in his relationship with God and in the marketplace. So that's going to be our, uh, our evening. So let's get straight in um, and let's get going. So first one, increasing your cash flow. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said, obviously, about cash flow. This is uh, applicable whether you're an employee whether you're a business leader, whether you're building a business or just even your personal finances. Um, I mean, Jesus had a lot to say about money. You know, a lot of people say, I believe a lot of wrong things about money uh, in the church. But um, we, if we don't have to worry about money, then we can, we can move on. <laughs> we, can, we can do life. We can do many other things. Um, and that's really what I wanted to, to share with you tonight a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, what we're going to do is we know the word cash flow but I wanted to really speak about it in the terms of water, um, in the terms of water. How do we go about um, managing cash flow? And you really need to, if it, if it will help you if you say it like that. If you see it as a, as a flow of money, a flow like water flows, um, there's a flow of money. There's a flow of things that, um, that we're doing. And there's a flow, um, like there's an inflow, there's an outflow. And I know who of you were in, um, in Cape Town in the drought a few years ago. And um, if you remember, it is a few things that happened. The first thing that happened was that, um, that it didn't rain as, as much. Like uh, that didn't rain as much as previous years and for a few years in a row, it didn't really rain as we, we thought it would. Or, um, but also what happened, more and more people moved into Cape Town and still more doing so. 
Um, but the dams were increased. So people didn't build new dams, uh, they just built new houses. And that became a, a big problem uh, for us. So um, that led to that led to drought. And uh, in a, the current economic climate where things get expensive, where petrol is expensive, and, um, and, and where things are not as easy as it used to be, um, there's a bit of a drought maybe in the inflow, but we must see how can we manage that um, to, to still survive and to, to live. So one way to, to get cash flow is to get cash. Amen. <laughs> and uh, the, the Bible says they who do not work shouldn't eat. And I don't know about you, but I like to eat. So therefore I work. <laughs> That's not the only reason, but uh, it's important. Um, we need to generate that, that inflow. Um, and there's many ideas around that. So that's what we're going to start off just talking about. So first thing, I want to challenge you in terms of your cash flow, your business, your department, your, your personal finances, to see a brighter horizon. You need to see a brighter horizon. You need to see something more. You need to see something new. You need to see a better month end. You need to see a place where your money goes more, goes further than your month. Amen. We need to start seeing that because what we see is what we believe and what we believe is what becomes. And I'm not saying money's going to fall out of the sky or, or anything like that, um, but the wealth is just in the earth. God has made us, uh, according to Deuteronomy 18, God has made us meet to be partakers of, of that, the wealth of, of nations. And um, he says that, like, I've given you the power to get wealth um, because that is really in, in our hands, if you will. It's not in God's hands so much as we think, or as much as people say, put money into the wishing well and, and, and God's going to rain it down from heaven or anything like that. No, that's not how it works. We need to think, we need to think, and we need to think different. Um, and then, yeah, we need to think like, what is it that I bring of value? Maybe you don't have a business, maybe you're looking to start a business, maybe you're looking to, to start something on the side, but what is valuable? What problems are you solving? What what can you do? What can you do that someone else doesn't have time for? Now, all of those are ideas that can help you increase your, your cash flow. And really, this picture shows a lot about flow. And um, we think that if we think cash flow, we need to we think about the, the Victoria Falls. We need to think about we need the rain from heaven. We need something like that. But we can really just have a trickle, just a continuous trickle. You know, um, some of the work I do is I look at saving water and electricity because of the, the price of uh, how things are going up. It's really become a valuable um, asset, if you will, a valuable skill to, to be able to help people look at their water consumption, electricity, uh, how to go about tariffs and all of those things. And um, if you find a leaking toilet, you've actually found a lot of money. <laughs> if you found one leaking toilet, you, you found a lot of money. Um, one calculation we did, I think it was about 300,000 rand a year. Um, if we fix one leaking toilet. So um, you don't need to be like uh, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or someone to generate cash. Um, you can have streams of, 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 of this flow. And what I want to challenge you as well is to not just wait for a salary or one big pot of money, but let's trust God and trust with God to generate multiple streams of income. Let's trust for multiple streams of income multiple avenues and it can be small it can be small things but as long as there's a flow or there's an opportunity for a flow before you know it your dam your your budget is, is, is might just be fuller than you than you've had it 
And if you add more and more flows, what, what happens if that flow doesn't stop, it becomes basically, um, it becomes continuous. It becomes annuity income. It becomes, um, it, it, it's like interest, like compounding one on another. And you, you don't need to work on all those things. So creating assets, creating value, creating streams of income, um, really wanted to challenge you. Like if you're serious about ministry, you need multiple streams of income. <laughs> if you're serious about ministry, you need multiple streams of income because that's how we be ministers. And also with multiple streams of income, there's multiple places of influence. There's multiple avenues where you connect with people, where you bring value, where you share, where you influence. So it's not just for you, um, but it's also for the people that you meet in those places and in those spaces. So really wanted to encourage you to, to think about that multiple streams of income. Um, that will help us to, to manage cash flow. Also, with multiple streams of income, if one stream stops, all the flow doesn't stop. I think that's so important. The risk is much lower if you have multiple streams of, of income. Then, this is a, some, some human intervention. This is what we call a dam. I don't know where this is, but this was quite impressive. Um, and, and what I wanted to share with you tonight is in terms of your cash flow, what dams do you have? You need, we, we need to get to a place. And I mean, sometimes we just need to live by faith and that's fine. But we want to get to a place where, where we've got dams, where we've got money set apart, set away, money for, um, for a rainy day, as they say, where you have money put away. And even if it's just a little bit for emergencies, if you're in a business, you might have emergencies, you might have maintenance, you might have a car breakdown, you might have, um, staff leave and, and, and you need to pay out them or, or something like that. So the more we can trickle flow and just hold back some of what comes in, like this is a savings plan, this is emergencies, this is um, this is salaries that you try and build up up front. And again, I know times are tough, as, like, but, but this, is, this is wisdom. This is how we're going to get out of the, the rat race. This is how we get out of um, just living hand to mouth. This is how we get out of the stress of like just making the month, but how we get actually forward and we can look, look further than money. You know, the word says money is the least use of your faith. So the best use of your faith is to share the gospel. The least use of your faith is something else. So let's deal with the least part so we can move on to, to the more. So we need to have dams. And by dams, that's basically a way of managing the flow. We need to manage the flow. It's like a battery. You don't go out and, and take your phone with you everywhere and, and, um, and, and some of us need to take a battery bank um, everywhere because the battery is there. So we need to take a power bank. But that power bank is, is, is a dam. It helps you when you're not at a wall plug. You, you're taking extra power, extra energy with you so that you can remain online. And I want to challenge all of us, including myself, to let's, let's add some dams. You know, maybe you're a business owner and you're going to have to pay bonuses or you know you're going to pay software licenses and, uh, and you know these things, but let's put our money in those dams. Let's trickle some of the inflow into these reservoirs, if we will, so that when the time comes when we need it, it's there. Uh, the same with tax. <laughs> yes, I said tax. Um, we, we, we know we need to pay Caesar what, what, what is due to Caesar, but don't pay him anything more. Make sure you pay what is due, but nothing more. But then you know you're going to have to pay half year. You know you're going to pay full year tax. Don't wait for that time to have the money ready. Have the money ready by every month. You know by 
this is my salaries, this is my income, this is my profit, this is the this is the tax that's probably going to be payable. We'll start putting that money away. And like I said, we need to manage the flow of our finances. And we, we need to manage it. One of the ways is to manage it with dams or reservoirs. And um, even have, have, have bank accounts at different banks because it's often too easy to just transfer money uh, between accounts. But have it in a different account so it's sort of out of sight. Have an account for, for your tax money. Have an account for your bonuses, whatever. Uh, whatever works for you. Um, and then obviously keep, keep track of, of, of all those things. It's very important. And it will really, um, it will help you quite a lot in terms of just uh, um, managing your stress limits. So how do we increase our cash flow? We manage the outflow. I think that's so important. It will mean that you're going to have a bit less. You might have a bit less uh, for a while, but that's fine because uh, we, we're trickling this into reservoirs and it's getting us out of trouble. Um, and that's really important. So I am I'm saying that there on the horizon, we see the ocean and we see a beautiful waterfall coming down and we see multiple streams flowing uh, in this picture. And what I wanted to just share with you is like, cash is going to flow. <laughs> Unfortunately, fortunately, your cash is going to flow in and it's going to flow out. Money comes and money goes. The Bible says that money grows wings and flies away. So therefore, that's why we build reservoirs. That's why we want multiple streams of income. You can really save yourself bankrupt. As a business, you can save yourself there. And like, we need to let money flow. We need to be a bit more, um, I want to say loose with, with money. And, and, and not in a bad sense. I mean, I just told you to budget. I told you to, to, to manage your inflow. I told you to manage your outflow. I told you to create dams. But money really is not all that there is. Money is, is, is a tool. Money is a way to, to bless people. Money is a way to live. Money is a way to, to enable ministry, to reach people, to fly to people, to, to serve them. Money is a way to, to do many things. And uh, I want you to really not have such a tight relationship with money. Um, I can honestly say that a few years back, I really, I, I got hold of money and I got lost. Like, I, I let go of money. I let go of the power of money. I let go of, of, of of, of stinginess and greed. And the other day in, in a business meeting, someone asked me, so Peter, what is next? What's next for you? And I honestly sat and I thought, well, I'm quite, quite content. I'm actually really happy. Um, I mean, we can all do with more. We can all do with a promotion or an increase or something like that. I mean, but um, don't be so tight with money. Let it flow. Let's, let's give. Let's make sure that there's an outflow as well. We don't want to be the Dead Sea. We want to we wanna flow out. And if you think about money flowing, think about water. Like water flows into the ocean. <laughs> that will be always crazy. And you never see the ocean get fuller. It's like we give to God. We don't see God get more God or God get bigger or God get... But there's a flow. And because it flows into the ocean, clouds form and it rains again. And it's this whole beautiful cycle. And um, I really want you to, to encourage you to be a bit more open-handed. Be a bit more open-handed. Be a bit more gracious. Be a bit more generous, if you will. Um, but if you have these things in place, like we said, it's going to be easier for you to know what is your um, expendable out. Your, your, your expendable. What is the money that you can um, that you can give out? That's not that's not bread and butter. That's not going to cause you to live on your your mother's couch for the rest of your life or something like that. You want to to be able to get that money in and to to also get it out. Um, in a sensible way, to be a blessing uh, to people. So yeah, maybe you don't have a lot, but you know what you can give? You can give value. 
you can give up your services. You can cook a meal. You can um, you can honor someone with your skills. If you do workshops, you can do a free workshop, and that will be a real blessing to to someone. So, um, yeah, what do you have? What do you have to give? Start giving it. And we don't give to get. I have to say that we don't we don't give to get. Um, we give because we have. <laughs> God didn't give Jesus to get Jesus. God gave Jesus because He had Jesus to give. And that's so important. God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And we really want to, to encourage you to, to, um, to let it flow. Um, God gives bread to the eater. We all need to eat. We all need to live. But God knows it. He says those who do not work shouldn't eat. So what is the, what's the value that you are adding? Um, and remember, you don't take time to the marketplace. You take value. You don't get paid for the hour. You get paid for what you do in that hour. If you can generate a million rand an hour, you can get paid 100,000 rand an hour. It's still a good deal. It's a good investment for the person paying you. So what is it that you bring? What is the value you're adding? Again, what's the problem you're solving? What is the, what is the value that, that you're bringing to the marketplace? Because there's a tangibleness to that. Someone will either let you do it or they will, and, and pay you for it or they do it themselves. If you get up in the morning and say you like coffee, you got 30 rand or whatever, 35 rand, some places, in your wallet, then you need to decide, what do I value more? Do I value this cup of coffee or do I value this 35 rand? And a lot of people decide to, to value the coffee more so they, they, they part with their money. It's the same for us. What do people value? What is it that they're willing to separate themselves from, from their money for? Um, and what's the things that we can help them to, to cover? What is the things that the problems we can solve? And why would they pay us uh, to do so? So yeah, that's just uh, some initial ideas. Let it flow, let it flow, and, uh, and let it go even into the ocean, uh, even into places where we think it's not needed because it is still a blessing. And uh, yeah, let's be a blessing. First of all, obviously, to the family, but also to others. And, uh, and you'll see, um, someone said to me the other day, the, the inside of a, of a host pipe is always wet when the water flows. So you can't help but get wet when, uh, when this happens. Um, yeah, God gives bread and God gives seed, and we need to, to deal with both as such. That's just, uh, yeah, some initial ideas on cash flow. I hope that helps someone. I hope it helps you uh, personally. I hope it helps you also uh, just in terms of, of, of businesses and planning for the end of the year and all of that, and hopefully also taking some pressure off of the situation. So that is uh, that's the Hoover Dam. Thank you, Kunrat. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that. So now that was session one. Session one. Just on increasing your cash flow. You know, God gives bread and God gives seed. And um, now I asked God when I uh, registered my business, I said, God, what, what should this business be called? Um, and I really, I, I dreamt this. It's, it's, it's not something I, I came up for myself, but um, I heard the words, well, I wasn't fast asleep. I was like in between. I heard the words oaks and dough. I was like, now that's interesting. I've never, ever heard that, oaks and dough. And uh, just thinking about it, we want to leave a, a, a legacy. We want to leave something that's lasting. That's the, that's the oak tree. That's something that's going to stand or test of time. Um, but then we also need bread. We need to, to, to pay the rent. We need to pay electricity. We need to pay different things. And that's dough. 
And I really want us to, to take this, and I believe it's a godly concept, to, to, to think about what is it that my, my business, my, my job, my work, my inflow, what is, what is it that is going to be dough? What is this, the bread? What is it that we consume? But then what part of that is seed that becomes oak trees? Or seed that produces and produces after its kind? Seed that lasts? What is it that's trees that's going to bear fruit continuously? And, um, and, and what is it that, that, that we can use? You know, some other thing that I've realized is um, if you watch Formula One, there's a certain guy called uh, Lawrence Stroll, and he is a Canadian billionaire who bought Aston Martin. So he bought the company. <laughs> so some people, millionaires, buy Aston Martins, the cars. That's an expense. This guy has a billionaire mindset. He bought the company that makes these cars, that sells them to millionaires. And that's really the thinking that, that I said we should challenge ourselves with. What is it that we're looking to, to acquire? What is it that, that, that that's either going to just get money out of you? Or what is it that will actually close that tap and maybe open a tap on the inflow? So this guy is now selling cars. He owns the company. He's not buying cars, luxury cars. He's actually selling them and creating a business around it. So for all of us, that's a, that's a challenge on a mindset of where we can go. So yeah, um, that is session one. Like I said, session two, just uh, quickly for my side. Uh, this is a book called uh, The Fire Starter Effect. The Fire Starter Effect, Making Jesus Christ Known in the Marketplace. And uh, I just wanted to, to share with you guys, I know some of you are really active as ministers in the marketplace. Um, and then there's a lot of people like looking at different things about how can we make a difference in our businesses and, and with our businesses, through our businesses and all these things. Um, and it's important, obviously, for us to, to make a difference and uh, to be a difference where we are. But the true difference that we should make really is, is to make Christ known. <laughs> businesses are there to make money. That's why we do business. But in that, we meet people. In that, we, we reach people. In that, we, we, we get to know people. In that, we, we meet with people that we've never met before. People that will never come into, into church, never into any other place. And that we, as Christians, maybe go. And, and it's really a mission for you. Now, that doesn't mean you skimp on your work. You need to be excellent, I believe. And the Bible says clearly that we need to be doing our work as unto the Lord. Now, if your boss gives you a high five, a pat on the back, a good moment, or not, that actually doesn't matter um, because you're doing it unto the Lord. So we need to do it and we need to do it well. Um, but then also, while we are there, if we are serious, then, then we have the opportunity to really make Christ known in the marketplace. Um, and then that's really, the, the for me, that's the two reasons to, to be in business. The one is to, to make money because we all need to live and the second one is to make Christ known. Yes, there's a lot of other good things that you can do, but you don't need to do them in business or through business. You can do them in a private time. If you want to go walk dogs at the SPCA, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Um, that's fine by me. But um, I probably won't join you, but that's on you. Uh, well, that's my problem. Um, but making Christ known in the marketplace, that's a, that's a key for us. So for me, that just simplifies things quite a bit. Because you really don't have two boxes. You don't have a, a business box and a family box and a church box or a Christian box and a businessman box. You are you. And Christ is in you. And uh, Christ wants to work through you. So this is so important. 
And um, this lady, we wrote this book with these two ladies, they, they shared some, some things. And I want to just give you a quick highlights package. It says, the fire started in faith. The fire is, is in their analogy, is God's presence, God's power, God's passion, and, uh, and God's purity. Uh, excuse the title there. God's presence, God's power, God's passion, and God's purity. And that's really what we are there to, to do in business. And I think often we don't want to take God's presence into the business world. We don't want to take his power. We don't want to be as passionate in business as we are on a Sunday or vice versa. Um, and then also there's a level of excellence, there's a purity to which we should do business that gives uh, glory to God. And all of that is helping us to, to start fires, to, to start revivals, to start uh, making Christ known in the marketplace. And I think that's so important for, for all of us. So the fire starts a formula. And uh, this is a great formula for, for business. It's a great formula for life. Um, and I've, here and there in my life, applied it, and I've seen some, some fruit in it, is radical faith plus radical obedience equals fire ignition. Radical faith, radical obedience equals fire ignition, equals revival. We will pray for revivals, but it's going to take some faith, it's going to take some obedience, it's going to take some sharing the gospel, it's going to take some, uh, some obedience to what we hear and feel God say, and then it's also going uh, to light some fires. I mean, personally, I can only share from my own story. Um, I started a business when I radically stepped out and resigned my job in obedience, in obedience, I believe, to a word from God. And I had no idea that I'm going to start a business. That wasn't the plan. I was just going full out for ministry. And I resigned on the squash court after two years of walking with this word, this invitation from God, played squash with my manager, resigned right there. And he said, hey, why don't you, do, why don't you want to start um, or stay on part-time? I was like, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I'm going into ministry. And he was like, yeah, I'm sure. I've heard. But I'm sure you're going to need some money. And uh, I'm not sure what the ministry can pay you. And I was like, well, at that stage, nothing. So um, it, it's good to work. Um, and, uh, and then he said, well, it will help us if you, if you start, stay on part-time and you can bring new people on and all of that. So that was where my, birth, my, my business was birthed. I actually registered my business on a Groupon deal for 430 rand, I think, or something like that. Um, and then I said, hey, God, I need a man for this. And, and this is really how it worked. So that wasn't my plan, but radical faith, radical obedience, and fire, it was fire ignition. God has great ideas out there for us, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us trusting Him. It's going to take us trusting Him. And how do we trust him? It's when we know he's good, we know his love, and we know that he is calling us, when he's talking to us. Faith comes by hearing. So when we hear the word, when I, when I know God has spoken, I, I know there's faith for me to do it. And what is that faith? That faith leads to obedience. And obviously when God calls us to do things, he calls us often to start fires. He calls us into more. He calls us into maturity. He calls us into really moving forward. Uh, in the things of God. So that's really important for all of us. And I can really, I can, I can agree to that. Radical means new and what is different from the traditional. Radical means unusual and extreme. I mean, this is important. Like what we want to do in, in life, what we want to do in business is, is, is God, what, what we can do, let's say that. We can do different things. We can do radical things. We don't need to do what the tradition said. We don't need to just improve. I think that's so important. This book really is all about going from zero, going from nothing to something. 
He speaks about Facebook. He speaks about PayPal. He speaks about Bill Gates. He says the next, um, the next billionaire is not going to write a new operating system. The new the Windows is written. It's done. What is new? What is radical? What is going to be different? What doesn't exist yet? And how can we create that? We know with God we can do those things because he's the, the creator of all. So radical means different. So what is it that we're going to have to be to do radical things, even in the business world? We need to be aware of his presence. We need to be aware of his presence. God doesn't stay in church. Amen? <laughs> God stays in you. Where does God stay? He stays in the believer. Um, and he stays in you in the form of Jesus Christ. The hope of glory. So if there's no hope in your business place, you the hope. If, if there's if there's no nothing there that's good, if, when you when you're there, that's good because you need to be aware of his presence. His presence is in you, his presence is wherever you go. And now we need to, to we're invited to, we don't need to, we're invited to manifest his presence in the marketplace. If you look at the book of Acts, Acts 17, you can go read it. Paul goes out and he, he goes into the marketplace and he deals with people on the marketplace. He actually ministers in a different place and he casts out a demon out of a lady and now her um, owners, if you will, can't make money anymore. So he's ministering and he's, he's answering questions now in the marketplace. And a lot of people, like I said, that we meet in the marketplace will never meet in church. We'll never meet them in church because they don't go there. But we are called to go out into all the world and make the gospel known, make Christ known. Jesus said, go into all the world, including the marketplace. We need to be thermostats, not thermometers. Thermostats is what sets the temperature. Thermometer merely reads the temperature. We can read the current economic climate and we can say that it's cold or it's hot or it's good or it's bad. Or we can be thermostats and we can speak into situations, we can create value and we can see uh, things change. We can lift up the environment, the, the, the energy, the vibe, if you will, even at work by being positive, by being aware of God's presence and letting that flow out of you. Remember, the Holy Spirit is always with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. That means you can operate in words of knowledge in the business place. You can operate in words of wisdom. You can operate in prophecy. You can see people healed. I've prayed for a guy in my office who had stage four cancer and he's healed. I'm not saying I'm the only one who prayed for him, but I took that step and I prayed for him. I said, hey, I believe in healing. I believe this is why we can't see it healing. Do you mind me praying for you? And he is alive and well. I've prophesied into different areas. People ask me, what do you see in the future of this company? You don't need to label it prophecy. You can ask God, God, what do you see in the future of this company? A few years ago, um, I had to sort of validate why I was still working for a certain company or working with them. And I saw what I could do that I haven't done yet. And I presented it and they said, well, that's nice. I don't think we're there yet. I'm like, okay. That December, well, that was December, January, new people came in, everything changed. The, the price of that specific area went through the roof. New people asked questions. I was 100% ready. I was positioned. I was the go-to man because I presented that, and that, I believe, as a form of prophecy of, hey, guys, this is next. And that's vision. That's needing. We don't need to call it prophecy. We don't need to say, hey, I'm operating in a word of wisdom now. This is what we should do. Just speak wisdom. Be calm. Be knowledgeable. And then share things. Like, um, you don't need to be the one who always speaks, but when you speak, make sure that it makes sense. Amen. <laughs> 
make sure that it makes sense. And then uh, that there's a calmness, if we will, if we know God is with us. When everyone is worried and everyone is stressed and everything goes bad, if you are calm, then you're going to be a, a person of influence. People are going to come to you. They're going to be drawn to you. They want to have what you've got and they want to know why you've got hope and they don't. Remember, the Holy Spirit is always with you. We don't need to switch him off. We can't actually when we go into the business world. It is not possible. Remember, radical is not business as usual. We can be radically generous. Now, that doesn't mean just giving big offerings on a Sunday. You can be generous by paying for the coffee. Say your team goes and buys coffee. Just pay for the coffee. Come on. Don't be so stingy. Change the culture. Change how things are done. Set a different tone. Radically appreciation. You know how few people say thank you. By just saying thank you, by being thankful and grateful, like you can make a big difference. Let your character speak for you. Don't just preach at people and then live something else. Let your character speak for you. That means when you say you're going to be there, be there. When you say you're going to do something, do something. And then tell your story. Tell your story. And what I wanted to share with you here is just something personal. So uh, I've been working with a certain client for five, five and a half years now. Um, and the other day I had an opportunity. Uh, they, they sent me an invite and they said, do you want to, to share? It's called sharing sessions. And I was like, okay, I know what I can do with that. <laughs> Basically, it's our team in a room and we share whatever. And I said, what can I share? What have you guys shared? And I, I haven't been able to attend any of those sessions. So they said, uh, well, one shared about their favorite book. I was like, hmm, there's, uh, there's a lot I can do with that. But that's going to be very preachy, so maybe not. Um, someone else, like, you can share about your life story. You can, literally, you can just be you. And I was like saying, okay, yes, I'll take this opportunity. And I knew this was a gospel opportunity. Um, but interesting. I wasn't sure what to do. So I said yes, and I wasn't sure what to do. That's often how it works. That's faith. When we say yes, we don't know how it's going to work out. When we resign when God said so, and we don't know where the money is going to come from the next month or anything. Make sure that it is God. Make sure that you walk it through with people. Don't everyone go out and resign tomorrow, please. Um, this is on record. I did not ask you to do that. I did not state that. Do what God said. But I was thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this session? This is an hour. This is gold. You know, the word says, make the most of every opportunity. And I was really praying, Lord, help me to make the most of this opportunity. Um, and like I said, this book, I've, I've looked at this book. I had it in my wish list for a long time. And uh, eventually I just said, I'm going to order it. And then it, I think it took 14 days or something that they had to import it. Um, and, uh, and I started reading it when I received it. And, and I didn't have much plans about what I'm going to do with this content or anything. But the night before I had this opportunity to share at work, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And I read this chapter in this book about tell your story. And I was like, I think this is God. I think the timing is just supernatural. I think this is, this is God. And, and I decided I'm going to share my story. I didn't write it down. I didn't type it out. I didn't write the biography, autobiography or anything like that. I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to tell my story. And um, half an hour before the session, I went out and I, you know, I got quiet and I made a few notes and I just shared my story and I made sure that I shared the gospel because my, my life is the gospel story um, because that's what Christ has done in me and through me. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It was really holy. It was profound. It was just amazing. And it was such, a, a, it was vulnerable, but it was 
inclusive, it wasn't answered great, it did not really. But it was an opportunity to make price grow in the marketplace. And I'm glad that I've taken it. I don't, I don't always take any opportunities, but there was an opportunity that I had to, to, to grow and say, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity, no matter what happens afterwards. Whether there's persecution or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to make Jesus known in the marketplace. The moment was like my relationship with the people was great. Um, and I really just believe that that was a, a beautiful moment um, in and with God. And um, yeah, I trusted that, that what they heard will stir them. And the questions that they asked, it was really just a, a beautiful place uh, to be. And I was sitting there, I was like, what do you should do? <laughs> because even when I tell my own story, I'm always blessed because I see God's goodness. I see his faithfulness. I see how he, he comes through for all of us. Um, and I, I, I remember and, and I, I recall, if you will, how I felt before I did this, or when I didn't have a business, or when I was dreaming about being in ministry or making a difference, when Shane and I started dreaming about business leaders and maybe planting new churches or, or doing different things. And now we look at it and it's settled and we've got it. But again, we need to, to see what is the growth mindset that we have? What is it that God has for us and that God wants to, to do through us? Um, and that's really very, very important for, for all of us. What, what God is wanting to do in you, what God is wanting to do uh, through you, and, and what, what God wants to do with you is where you are. It's with the influence that you, that you have. It's, it's really looking at what is in your hand, what's the opportunities, and how can I make more, um, how can I make more, more of, of, of godly opportunities, making Christ know more in the marketplace. How can I, how can I employ more people? Because if I employ more people, I can be of more influence. I can mentor more people. I can be a blessing to more people. Like we have to have that growth mindset. I'll end off with this before we take a five-minute break. It's just, um, I believe we, we often have this mindset of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. And like, again, that's the mindset of cash flow even. We, we need to, to get through the month and we need to sow and reap. And then we start from zero and then we need to plow the ground and we need to sow and we need to water. And it's not untrue. But if you look in the word, there's a lot about trees. There's a lot about trees. And, and Psalm 1 specifically says, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Um, it is, uh, um, Revelation speaks about the tree of life. We started from the garden and there's two trees. And, and, and we really have this picture of being rooted, being grounded, being established in, uh, in, in God. And I believe we need to take that into other areas of our lives. We want to be, we want to be more like trees and less like fields that we need to, to go back to zero and come up. You know, I visited someone once who had, I think they had three avocado trees in their backyard, like massive avocado trees. And there were avocados everywhere. They were being rotten and spoiled, literally. Um, they were giving avocados away, but like they just like you can't eat that much avocado, you will die. And now, if you go to, to Spar or Checkers or whatever, you're going to pay city rand for one of those. But if you have the tree in your backyard, you can start bringing a blessing, 30 rand, or <laughs> the value of that is 30 rand. The cost for you is nothing because you've got this. But in our lives, we want to move to, to that. We want to be more like trees, bearing fruit, fruit that remains. We, we want to have more than enough so we can give. And uh, we don't want to just get and get, you know, some people want more than enough, but they want others to give it to them. 
We want more than enough because we've taken value out of the ground. We've added value to someone's life. We've, we, we've solved those big problems and they're willing to, to pay us to, to do that. The same with a pecanut tree. Um, if you want to be a pecanut farmer, you're going to have to buy land. You're going to have to clear the land. You're going to have to get the rocks out. You're going to have to, uh, to chop down some trees. You're going to have to uproot some systems. You're going to have to plant new trees. And you're probably going to have to wait about 10 years before you turn a profit. And a lot of people don't want to wait that long. They, they, they'd rather go to checkers now and pay whatever amount, a ridiculous amount for, for, for some nuts. Um, and and that's, that's the world's mentality. But we can be different. We can have that mindset of abundance, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some maturity. It's going to, you, you have one client, make sure that you keep that client. Now get two clients, get three clients. You've got one person working for you or maybe no one. Like, are you leading yourself well? Because if you lead yourself well, then you can lead others. And as you lead one, you'll be able to lead two. And then let those people lead others. Um, let's invest into people so that we have a different mindset. I want us to, to move into this growth mindset where we don't go back to zero at the end of the month. And we don't go back without Jesus on a Monday. We go with him wherever we go. Uh, because he's in us and he's going to be in that spiritual. Amen.